This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Larry Leitz, and on today's episode, we dive into the latest news from around Globe Life Field. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, GameTime, for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best place to buy your Texas Ranger tickets, check out GameTime. Use the link in the description and support the show when you buy your Texas Rangers ticket. And off to our first topic, our Week 17 report. Texas Rangers had some amazing pitching performances this week, both in the minors and in the majors. Cole Reagans made his debut at home this past week, and Glenn Otto was dealing as well. Down in the minors, the Hickory Crawdads had an amazing pitching performance this past Thursday. The Rangers split their first series of the week against the White Sox at home. Unfortunately, they didn't do so well down in Houston against the Astros, only winning one game against them. So, let's take a look at our weekly report of who's hot and who's not. Starting with, on who's hot, Cole Riggins. After all the rehab this man had to go through the last two seasons, something finally happened for Cole. He was called up this past week and got to make his debut against the Chicago White Sox. In five innings, Riggins only allowed three hits and got three Ks. He was so calm on the mound when base runners were in scoring position. I can't say the same in his second start against the Astros but he's worth putting on the 40-man roster, possibly next season. And then we got Jack Leiter. He's having a really good second half of the season, and that was proven Thursday night against the Missions. In the first inning, he walked some batters, which concerned some of the fans on Twitter. He eventually settled down and only allowed three hits, two runs, and struck out seven batters in five two-thirds innings. And now up, Luis Angel Lacuna. You might remember him from last week as he made his double-A debut. Well, this week he hit his first ever double-A home run, which was a grand slam. He took a ball deep 100 miles an hour off the bat in the left field. He's a prospect to keep an eye on in the following years. Then we got Glenn Otto. Otto had a great start against the Astros, even though he walked four batters. He finished the outing only allowing four hits, two runs, and getting five Ks. While he didn't earn the win, the performance was worth mentioning this week in the weekly report. Then we got the Hickory Crawdads. They threw their second combined no-hitter of the season on Thursday night. Mason Engler pitched seven shutout innings, and Theo McDowell closed out the game. But sadly, 
Now it's time for our who's not hot. First up, Owen White. Currently, he's still on the IR with that injury from July 26th. I think he'll be back this weekend for the Rough Riders on Saturday or Sunday. However, however, if he doesn't back this series against the missions, he could be out the rest of the season. Then we got Spencer Howard. He was just sent to the 15-day IR for a shoulder impingement. I was really starting to like how he was pitching. Hopefully, he will return from the 15-day IR and continue where he left off on the mound. And the Rangers this week have begun a series against the Oakland Athletics. Let us know your thoughts in the comments we in the comment section below on the topics we covered. Is there something we missed? Is there something? Is there someone we should have put on our who's hot and who's not list that we missed? Let us know. As always, you can let us know in the comments section or on Twitter at Talking TX Rangers, and on Facebook just search Talking Texas Rangers. And as always, please hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And now on to what to expect from the last 50 games. What can Texas Rangers fans expect to see in the remaining 50 games of the 2022 season? Eh, more of the same. Means a little bit of everything. Bit of good, bit of bad, bit of both. Coming off the disastrous year of 2021, the Sun Rangers' 60-102 record. This year has been so much better and for sure more enjoyable to watch. There are currently questions with every facet of the organization. Who is stepping up and improving in regard to the pitching staff, defense, and offense, as well as gauging individual players' mental toughness to excel at the big league level? The next 50 games aren't going to fully answer either of these questions. But they will play a role in the way that Chris Young and John Daniels go about putting together the club for the next season. Currently, the Rangers have a record of 49-63 and 63 against teams that currently boast a record of 500 or greater. Texas is 24-43. and 43. Of the remaining 50-game schedule, 27 of those... Games are against teams that are above 500. It doesn't bode well for the Rangers to make a big push in the win column down the stretch. It is always great to compete and win games, but reality is the remaining portion of the schedule is more about fleshing out who are going to be some of the key contributors to next year's club. One thing everyone should be getting excited about is a possible Major League Baseball debut of third baseman Josh Jones. He underwent surgery in February. Labrum Terran is left not throwing shoulder, and after a brief eight games in the Arizona Complex League, he continued his rehab assignment to AAA Round Rock Express starting August 9th. With Express, excuse me, Jung has now played in three games and has already recorded four hits and one home run. The first priority of the Rangers is to make sure that Jung is fully healthy, but if he stays on track over the next few weeks, it is quite possible that he could get the call in Arlington sometime around the 1st of September. For a fan base that has a little to celebrate over the last several years, this would be a moment worth cheering for. The wins are coming, just don't expect them to happen at a high rate over the last part of the season. Soak up the last 50 games because it is a long stretch of time between the season finale October 5th and pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training in 2023. Let us know in the comments section below, What do you? How, how many games do you think we'll be able to win from the last 50? 
And now we're going to dive into three prospects that could be called up in September. The Texas Rangers have all but accepted their fate. Playoffs are pretty much off the table for this year. While they certainly haven't been eliminated yet, there's still much baseball to be played over the next seven weeks. Their eyes are now set on 2023 and beyond. If you ask me, this year more than anything symbolizes what the Rangers are trying to prioritize going forward, creating, not buying, their future stars. Yes, the club opened up books for a star-studded middle infield. However, one of the most criminally misunderstood aspects of the Rangers' direction as a franchise is that many fans of other teams believe they shelled out $500 million, hoping two players would fix its losing woes. This could not be any more fundamentally incorrect. They brought in Simeon and Seeger to anchor on to anchor an emergence of a farm system that has been completely ramped, while veteran guys like Brad Miller, Culberson, Calhoun have been given plenty of opportunity. The last four months have been frustrating at many points for a fans hungry for a return to October baseball. But they have provided us with the emergence of many young Rangers players who could be key contributors for years to come. Heim has emerged as one of the best in baseball, both with the glove and bat. Laiori Tavares has completely transformed his game as a reliable run producer. Cole Reagans has looked pretty great in his first couple of starts. There are more examples, but the larger point is that the organization is prioritizing a search around their prospects. Prospects who now have a chance to showcase their talents during the final months of the year. Hence, we have finally reached the point in the season where teams have a clear picture of where they'll be in October and how they can utilize the two extra roster spots in September to best suit their needs. Thanks to MLB's September call-up rule, the Rangers have been staunch in vocalizing their desires. They intend to compete for and in the playoffs in 2023. Over the last two pieces of the youth puzzle this year that should get a month of Major League service time, possibly chipping into those plans, there are three guys that I think each have their own case and bring specific benefits in their hypothetical columns. But we're going to start off with number three, Yuri Rodriguez, right-handed pitcher. It pains me to not put Cole Wynn on this list. But he's had such a dismal 2022 campaign and completely lost the momentum he carried into the season from last year. But I wanted to include a pitcher. And other than Wynn and Alexi, Yuri's pretty much the only other option. Rodriguez is a perplexing case. He's had an elbow injury, PED suspension, and transition from starter to reliever over the course of his minor league career. He currently serves as a late-inning setup guy for the AAA Express. He still hasn't quite proven that he has shut down stuff. However, he has only allowed a home run in one of his 19 appearances since June 7th, and he had a stretch across June where he went eight innings of work without giving up and earned a run. He's been a Ranger since 2015, so at some point you'd like to see a real stride in progression. His walk rate is not good by any stretch, and he has command issues that reinforce the issue. The potential is there, though. As Yuri earned Reliever of the Month honors from the club in June, 
for allowing a 125, 222, 250 slash line from his opponents and posting a 154 ERA. I hate to boil it down to something as remedial as this, but man, the Rangers' bullpen has been shaky and unstable at best this year. And a call-up for Rodriguez as a show-me-what-you-got type of deal could end up as a fruitful experiment. I don't know that Yeri has the stuff to last long in the pros, or maybe he does and just hasn't sunk his feet in as a reliever yet. The pitches are powerful. He can gun it close to 100 miles per hour. That in itself is good enough to sustain at the pros. But if he's going to get some light work out of the pen in September, he'll need to really hone in on locking in his location. And in number two, we have Dustin Harris, first baseman slash third baseman. Dustin Harris, a.k.a. the 2021 Tom Grieve Minor League Player of the Year, is a profoundly exciting prospect that I personally feel gets overlooked in this new wave of hope in our minor league leaguers. He does not yet showcase the flashiest statistics, but if I, tell you, I test accurately graded players, I think he'd revel in the fanfare. Harris's greatest strength is his versatility. Though drafted and traded to Texas as a first baseman, He's proven his ability to play third base as well, and the club has expressed interest in trying him out in the corner outfield spots with the benefit of his powerful arm. He has respectable speed, stealing 19 of his 24 attempted bases this year. He can hit to all areas of the park as a lefty. He has commendable plate discipline and doesn't strike out at an alarming rate. Now, I don't necessarily think rushing guys into pro, bowl, pro ball excuse me, straight from double A is a smart decision. It hardly ever does any good for either player or club. And depending on the scenario, it can completely warp the timeline of that player's true ETA. However, it's difficult to ignore a career 873 OPS in just shy of a thousand minor league at-bats for a player who's only 23. Though he hasn't yet earned the promotion to Round Rock, his scouting grades lead me to believe he could really produce in a short window of time this year. As the season winds down, of course. Getting him a small major league sample size and starting him in Round Rock next year seems like the safest bet going forward. But the kid is loaded with potential in all areas of play. He could serve as a potential bright spot at any of four positions, first baseman, third baseman, uh, left field, right field, that are all easy, the most upgradable for the big league club at the moment. And though it would kick in his service clock rather early in the schedule, it makes all the sense in the world to try and see where Harris can help out those spots and number one of course it has to be him josh jung third base is a position the rangers have sorely lacked production from since the retirement of well one of the best ever at the corner adrian beltre jung soared through the minors after a glorified career at texas tech raking at the plate and playing adequately enough on defense he was projected by many to be the opening day third baseman this season, or at the very least, be one of the first regular season call-ups. Well, then he tore the labrum in his shoulder early in the year and needed a summer's worth of rehab. Thankfully, it doesn't look like he's missed a step. As of August 14th, he's slashing 353, 421, and 824 with two home runs, two walks, 14 bases, and 19 plate appearances. Sure, that's not much of a sample size to work with, but Jung has accumulated about a full major league season's worth of playing time through years through three years in the minors, and in 134 games, he's recorded 26 home runs, 100 RBIs, 
and its lash line of 319, 393, and 550. However, he's a slugger who turns 25 in February, and it would be justifiable to say the clock is starting to tick to get him set up at the hot corner. There's no reason to start him out at Round Rock next year, and service time shouldn't be much of an issue at this point, given his age. He is one of the most, if not the most, major league ready bats in the farm at the moment. Between Smith, Duran, and Culberson, there's enough shuff shuffling around to be done to give Jung a taste of what the position demands at the pro level. Once again, Texas has a, has a severe need for stability at third base. The list of players Woodward has tried out the corner since 2019 is staggering. You got Culberson, Holt, Gallo, Cabrera, Kiner Falefa, Ibanez, Miller, Duran, Smith. There's more, but you get the point. The Rangers require a third baseman badly. The middle infield is locked up for a while, and Nathaniel Lowe is a greatly productive hitter who can continue to improve defensively and round out the infield. Josh has enjoyed an accolade-laden career before even taking a professional at-bat. The Rangers have a massive stake in him as a centerpiece of the new area here, and it behoves both parties to give him some laying time in September. Let us know in the comment section below. Is there any prospects you believe should be called up for September? And hey, hit that thumbs up button if you like our video. And now on to our next topic. Texas Rangers' John Ornelas is seeing his stock rise rapidly. Few prospects in the Texas Rangers farm system have seen their stock rise as rapidly as Jonathan Ornelas. Apologies if I'm saying his name wrong. He's 23 and having a breakout season in AA Frisco. Triple slashing 307, 357, 805, with 13 home runs and 420 at-bats. And his recent success has many who fall in the organization high on his potential. He was part of the Rangers 2018 draft class, which... Looks loaded in retrospect with highly talented pitching, including uh, pitching prospects like Cole Wynn, Owen White, also selected that year. He was the team's third rounder, while Wynn and White were first and second, respectively. Despite his success with the Rough Riders this season, he still ranks as the number 29 prospect in the Rangers system in 2022 per MLB pipeline. Additionally, Fangraphs spots him at 40 FV, which is also not a glowing review of his potential. But we'll anticipate that to change after the season he's been having. The 23-year-old's best tools are his running and throwing arm, and he's shown some power in his bat with 13 home runs this season. His skill set has been compared to that of Javier Baez, though of course we hope the former can make more consistent contact with the bat than the latter has during his career. He's also versatile, demonstrating an ability to play both shortstop and third base in the minor leagues. That will only serve him well as he continues his track towards the big leagues. Because the Rangers are fully stocked at middle infielders both at the big league level and throughout the organization. The versatility should hopefully help him stand out from the crowd. And he's just the latest in a group of talented players moving through Texas's stacked farm system worth keeping an eye on, especially as he could be close to seeing big league action at this rate. And now, onto the biggest news coming out of Globe Life Field. 
possibly for the next year. No, it's not a World Series match. Oh, but Texas Rangers have fired Chris Woodward and named Tony Beasley as the interim manager. The Texas Rangers have shockingly parted ways with manager Chris Woodward. Woodward took over the reins in 2019 after Jeff Bannister was let go following back-to-back disappointing seasons in 2017-18. In his nearly four-year stint as Rangers skipper, Woody got him to an overall 211-287 record, which includes the 51-63 record this season. However, to be fair, when he came to Arlington, he inherited a team that wasn't exactly good in a front office that really didn't buy into the whole rebuild. Fast forward to now, and the Rangers appear to be on the backside of the rebuild and are looking to make a strong push for the playoffs beginning next season. Many casual fans and national media alike have laughed at the organization for going out and signing Seager and Simeon to over $500 million worth of contracts last season, only to flounder yet again in the standings. The club obviously wanted to win this year, but with the pitching staff that has been in Arlington, there's no way to think that winning more than we have was actually going to happen. The 2023 season has been the target for quite some time, with even 2024 being perhaps a more realistic playoff timetable. Excuse me. From a fan's perspective, this is an exciting day. It's a time to look forward and spitball who the next manager might be and what next season will bring. From a human standpoint, it's sad and exciting. On the one hand, Chris Woodward wasn't a bad guy at all, not a terrible manager by any stretch. However, Chris Young felt like a new voice is needed to go forward and to push the team to greater outcomes in the future. And fortunately, I can't disagree. On a positive note, they also announced that third base coach Tony Beasley, a position he's held since 2015 with the Rangers, will be the interim manager for the remainder of the season. Anybody that really knows the Rangers knows that Beasley is not only a great baseball guy, but a great human. His positive demeanor is infectious, and his shirt will influence the young club even more than before with his new leadership role. Who will be the Texas Rangers manager in 2023 is yet to be determined, and is a question that will be discussed at length. You can be assured that this front office will hire someone they feel can get the Rangers to the playoffs and make a push for the ever-elusive World Series championship. But before we start those conversations, let's tip our hat to Chris Woodward one last time. And say thank you for managing our team throughout a tough patch and helping get our young guys ready for the future. Let us know in the comments section below, who do you think should be the next manager of the Rangers? And that is all we have for this episode of the Talking Texas Rangers. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Rangers. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, and be able to pay them. And you can always send us a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, however much you want to send to buymeacoffee.com slash Rangers. And as always, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Good Pods, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast plat- your podcast from. And of course, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. 
This has been the Talking Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at Talking TX Rangers or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Talking Texas Rangers. As always, thank you for listening and go Rangers.